person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where we're trying to get this very large bird evicted. <laughs> Each episode. <laughs> that line is so rad. I know, that's why I love it. Oh this is setting the tone, folks. Not again, I'm getting flashbacks to Moonstruck. I okay. know. Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used or maybe abused. And of course... The shenanigans! (laughs) We love it! We love our shenanigans, and this movie has so many of them. So many. And the name of this movie is... What's your number? But it's not what's your number the way you think they're asking what's your number. No. But we'll get into it. (laughs) Not asking you for a number. No. So this is... A 2011, I believe, R-rated rom-com to go with the other R-rated rom-coms of the decade. Yes. It was definitely a bit of a weird time period for rom-coms, so we Mm -hmm. struggled to find one we wanted to watch. (laughs) (laughs) We have gently touched on this before, about how the 2010s, or at least the first part of that decade, was a different kind of subgenre of rom-com. And honestly, leading from like two 2006 into it so it's like 2006 till 2016 is like this weird little decade of rom-coms yes so we have i think knocked up was around 2008 i believe 2008 or 2000 yeah somewhere there it's just like time period kickoff where we've gone into this kind of buddy comedy slash rom-coms slash raunchy definitely r-rated definitely a lot more crass yeah going more into the com side of the rom like it's a very specific subgenre. so think judd apatow basically and i don't hate that i love comedies 40 yes. year old virgin is very very funny a lot of knocked up from what i remember i haven't watched in a long time was very funny these are movies that i enjoyed watching but then it's hard for me to almost call them a rom-com right Mm -hmm. and i think jane and i talked about it and we felt like a lot of the reason why it doesn't feel as quintessentially rom-com is because for that time period they went into the ranch and we lost a lot of whimsy and i gotta have my whimsy (laughs) (laughs) needs the whimsy i needs it if i don't feel like something slightly magical happened was it really a rom-com you know what I mean like I need it (laughs) and so in picking this movie it was kind of interesting because neither Jasmine or I have seen this movie and I think someone actually recommended it to you right Jazz yeah I've had a lot of people recommend some movies to me and I specifically went out of my way to ask my friends hey do you know something from the early 2010s that you enjoyed Mm -hmm. and I I swear I like cannot remember now and I feel like it was maybe Federico or it might have been Julia shout out to both of you for all of your recommendations but someone recommended this movie and so I'm really excited we watched it because 
Who doesn't like Anna Ferris? Right? <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> she toes the balance of cringe and charming. She is both. So well. It's incredibly impressive. At the same time, all the time. Yes. It's delightful. It is. And then we have Chris Evans, pre-Marvel. I mean, come on. And we have Chris Pratt. <laughs> so we've got basically a quorum of Chris's, which I love. This movie. I know, Jane hates my alliteration. <laughs> no, I love alliteration. Come on. <laughs> Just teasing. This movie has so many cameos. So it's many. mind-blowing. I had to go and look it up, and I'm probably still going to miss some. Yeah. For the parents who are like classic actors as well. Mm -hmm. We've got Blythe Danner. We have Ed Begley Jr. Um, We love her. Eliza Coop. Oh, amazing. I've seen her in so many things. Most recent memory that I loved her a lot was Future Man. She's energy goals. She plays the same kind of grumpy character and everything, and I'm trying to be more like her. I love her. The most recent thing I've seen her in is Reboot. She's so funny in Reboot. Amazing. She's so funny. Funny. So funny. And I never knew her name. I know. Sorry, Eliza. I'm glad that we had the opportunity to just like look it up because I see her and I'm like, oh, the lady, the the one I love from all the things. Yes. And I just never remember. Like her in everything. Yeah. And then we have our queen, Heather Burns. Oh, yeah. We shouted her out a bunch in You've Got Mail, but she's also in Miss Congeniality and in two weeks notice and in a whole bunch of other stuff and she's just wonderful yeah we have joel McHale playing the same asshole he always plays yes what up guy <laughs> <laughs> and then in all of ali's exes that she goes looking through there are so many amazing cameos so many we have zachary quinto yes. mike vogel martin freeman Andy Samberg, so Thomas Lennon, Anthony Mackie. Like, how, how, how? <laughs> and then just the voice for the voicemail, Aziz Ansari. Why do we have so many incredible comedians just making cameos? So great. I had to pull up the IMDb page because I couldn't possibly remember all of the people. Right? We've probably still left people out. Seriously. And then we have this amazing montage introducing each ex that we focus on, which is just delightful. The flashbacks for all of these exes so is honestly such a joy. Yes. I suppose we are getting ahead of ourselves and we should do a plot synopsis. I know. I just had to go over the characters first because holy shit, this is an insane cast of characters we've been given. Look at all these people. Okay, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's give you that actual plot synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> Aspiring artist Ali is spiraling. After reading an incredibly inaccurate article in Mary Claire saying that if you exceed 20 partners, you'll never get married, Ali feels she'll never find love. She decides to look up and reunite with all of her exes because she's trying not to exceed that 20 number so that she can see, you know, if she can rekindle things with one of them. Meanwhile, her neighbor and aspiring musician Colin is determined to never settle down. He keeps running away from his hookups. It's a revolving door of hookups across the hall over at Colin's apartment. Mm -hmm. So they find an arrangement where she lets him hide out at her apartment and he's going to help her track down all those exes. 
Shenanigans ensue. Shenanigans ensue. So, like we were saying at the beginning, the what's your number is not, hey, can I have your phone number? It's, hey, how many people have you slept with? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The premise of this movie is very early 2010s. Yeah, it's a real time capsule Mm -hmm. for the time period. So that's problematic. But when we have the opening credits, they give you a montage of a bunch of different articles. And honestly, they were probably all real. Yeah. Like, they're pretty obnoxious. Yeah. And even the study itself, is based on statistical information that statisticians have found out. So basically, you're statistically less likely to actually get married if you have so many, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. The little nugget of truth that then is blown out of proportion, editorialized and sensationalized into something that makes women feel terrible about themselves so now she can't sleep with another person. It's that kind of thing. So the setup is, you know, it is what it is, but... It makes for a super fun plot filled with shenanigans. It really does. I was worried because of the premise. I figured I would at least have a fun time because Anna Faris. Yeah. But I didn't know if it was going to work. Yeah, same. And they made it feel not so repetitive, Mm -hmm. meeting a new ex every time. Like they really changed it up Mm -hmm. and they made it compelling to watch. I think it was very compelling to watch and not repetitive because she clearly does not have a type because she's (laughs) all over the board with these men. She's giving everyone a chance. In a very fun way. Everyone's got a chance. We love it. (laughs) So before we get into those shenanigans, let's quickly go over those tropes. So we have needing a date to a wedding, falling in love with the person you're helping on a quest, <laughs> friends to lovers, an overcritical mother, an inappropriate toast, grand romantic gesture, and in all caps, all of the montages. Montage. <laughs> so many. I almost wanted to make a tiny, tiny edit. I would even say instead of friends to lovers or enemies to lovers, it's like frenemies to lovers. Frenemies to lovers. Yeah. Yeah. In this yeah. one situation, it's kind of more of a frenemies. When I was doing the tropes, I actually was true and froing between if it's enemies to lovers or friends to lovers because it's a bit of both. Same. I was thinking about it and I was like, I wonder what Jane is going to write down. Yeah. And for whatever reason, frenemies didn't come to mind and I don't know why. Oh, well, I got your back. I got you. Ah, uh, thank you. <laughs> Maybe because frenemies is often like played out more as like a girl on girl thing. Yeah. And so it didn't come to mind, which, you know, is just the patriarchy at play once again. Yeah, no, that actually makes sense. But for me, I was like, they are a little hostile towards one another in a fun way. No, you're absolutely right. <laughs> yes, it's frenemies to lovers, which I love. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that before. No, it's great. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, it really is. I'm actually impressed with how much you could take such a kind of shitty premise of this woman feeling bad about herself, her, like, I guess what people would call body count Mm -hmm. but like i don't know they managed to make it pretty sweet and the conversation that the women have at the sister's bachelorette party anna ferris's character has been spinning out in her head over her number so she makes everyone put their number in a hat and then the women have a very interesting conversation about it which i loved actually that they were pretty frank with one another they tease each other it's it's a fun interesting conversation especially given the time period about what is and isn't appropriate and why this number should matter there's even a small little callback at the end Mm -hmm. where she says 21 because he's number 21 and then 
he says 300 and, and she slaps her hand on his mouth and won't let him finish. And so it's very much that double standard of the time. Yeah. She's like, I don't want to know. But it's fun. Yeah, it is. I find that also interesting. Statistically, that doesn't even make sense. Like how could just a handful of guys, I guess, have these crazy body counts I don't and like know. women are all supposed to stay it's that double standard yeah of like a woman is supposed to be a virgin but still a freak <laughs> but still a freak is all yeah. these other oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it's literally that's what some men with microphones say no i know <laughs> it's so gross virgin on the streets and a freak in the sheets yeah, yeah it's like that whole thing yeah exactly. we hate it <laughs> <laughs> so we have the inappropriate toast. And yeah. so I love the toast. It was so... the second it started up, and <laughs> she's coming down the stairs barefoot. I was like, Jane hates this. She's so uncomfortable. It hasn't even started yet. It might not be that bad, but I know Jane is so miserable right now. <laughs> the funny thing is, I don't know if it's the Anaferis factor. But I wasn't as uncomfortable as I usually am with this. <gasps> Yay! And I don't know if it was because I'm it like... It wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. And she plays it off in a way that's so charming. And I think the extra detail of the fact that this woman is barefoot just adds to the chaos. <laughs> and so it was just an extra level of funny. It's just like a hot mess express yes. in such a charming way. Yes, it's just funny what is that her mom's house so she's like i can be barefoot here <laughs> she's just like i've given up i've completely given so up <laughs> the shoes are coming off she's honestly so distraught upstairs was it because of reading the article yes oh yeah she's writing the list down and so yes. she's realizing her number that sends her over the edge and so she's distraught over the realization yeah so she's found her own bottle of champagne she's just <laughs> holding it by the neck of the bottle and she's chugging from the bottle bubbly which is just messy yep. burp city yep, yep, yep. and no shoes coming down the stairs she's drunk and now she's got to do this toast <laughs> yeah but it's also at the start of the party which to me is just like party's just started and girl is barefoot and drinking out of a bottle seriously she hasn't <laughs> she hasn't even said hi to everybody yet no she goes down there we don't even see the rest of the party who cares about this party we just see her finish her toast full bottle in hand she goes to cheers the closest person near her with a champagne glass she slams the champagne bottle into the glass and shatters it and i gotta say i'm not a hundred percent certain that was scripted but they kept it it honestly <laughs> looks like it might have been for real accidental that she shattered that glass yes which just goes to speak to how much of a charming disaster she is she is such a classy hot mess express which is a total <laughs> oxymoron but it is what it is and we love it honestly she's so delightful to watch yes <laughs> something that i wanted to ask you was this trope of oh my gosh, I need to find a date to the wedding. Is that a movie thing or is that an American thing? Oh. Yeah, families are bigger generally. So I've never attended a wedding where I've had a plus one ever. Yeah. I've never had a plus one. There's too many people. Honestly, really fascinating because... Is that a movie thing or... Huh. I would argue that that is a white American thing because I had to make very significant cuts for my own. Mm. I remember my my rule was you needed to be engaged or married yeah. to have a plus one. Super fair. Oh, like super established. Super established. And so I feel bad because like there were so many people where I was like, I cannot 
number one, even afford this. Mm. And number two, I don't have space. Like, if I start letting everyone bring a plus one, then I'm not even going to fit in the space. Like, that's actually so interesting. Mm. Because I feel like it's a movie thing. And by plus one, I don't mean, you know, like, your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever. I mean, like, Jane plus guest. Right. Like, I don't know that that's a thing that happens like just bring a random person and I know that people make a lot of conversation like if you don't bring a plus one they'll put you at the singles table as like another trope Mm -hmm. but I don't know how true that actually is Mm. like it's a handy trope it causes tension and drama but I was just wondering you guys if you feel like you have any more insight let us know because I feel like it is a movie trope but maybe that's us speaking from being people of color and having big families (laughs) (laughs) okay another trope is oh this one is quite sweet and I don't think we've seen it before was falling in love with the person you're helping on a quest it's so cute it's very cute even the language of that captures kind of the joy of it a quest we've gone on a quest you guys, it's so like whimsical. <laughs> they have to go scour the internet. They are Facebook stalking. Mm-hmm. They are using every resource available to hunt these men down. And they're going across Boston, I think. I think it's Boston. They're going across the city trying to find these guys. They're spending so much time together. And so you can see the progression of Colin slowly catching feelings yeah which is really cute because he starts off like kind of consistently still hitting on her yeah in a really like shitty bro way yes and then it becomes like a really sweet genuine way and it's so charming very charming we didn't specify specify but basically the arrangement for the quest is he needs to hide from these women so he makes up bullshit (laughs) like i have an early dentist appointment by and leaves the women in the apartment and then goes over to anna ferris's apartment in various states of dress and undress by the way yes so that's the agreement is that he can come over whenever he needs to hide out for however long it takes for these women to leave his apartment so he can ghost them and never talk to them again terrible and then using his family's history of law enforcement which means he has a particular set of skills so he can help find <laughs> these men <laughs> and then i think this is the last trip i want to hit on because we've kind of covered the others we'll get to them but it's that grand romantic gesture which kind of ties into an airport chase but not a chase yeah where Uh, Ali dashes from her sister's wedding to all the other weddings in town because she knows Colin is playing at a wedding and so she's taking all methods of transportation and gate crashing a lot of weddings around the city trying to find him and what (laughs) I find really sweet about it she doesn't know he's playing at a wedding she knows he's gone to a wedding Mm. he has very clearly previously stated that he does not want to just play covers for people he's trying to make his own music and that he's made this compromise because this is good work in my opinion Mm -hmm. he's made this choice to play weddings for her he's trying to be the kind of guy that you can settle down with oh i didn't even think of it like that that's very sweet and so she comes in surprised that he's not at a wedding he's working a wedding and now he's the kind of guy who she can see herself with Mm. and what's also sweet or what makes this grand romantic gesture grand is that Ali lives opposite him in their building. Yeah. There is absolutely no 
need for her to run around the city after him. Nope. He's not going anywhere. She abandons her vehicle <laughs> to try to find him. Yes. And then steals a bike. The vehicle that she's stolen as well, I think. Was it? Unless that was hers. I thought that was hers, but maybe. It looked like she was grabbing a random set of keys. Mess. And wandering around the parking lot, randomly clicking, like looking for a car to unlock. <gasps> I must have not been like paying attention on that part. That's so funny. Was... Oh my God. So she stole a car right. and then steals a bike. And then she just is running around the damn city. I love this. I love her. And then she says, I was afraid I'd forget the speech. And that's why I had to find you right now. And then forgot the speech. And it's the speech that she basically gave at her sister's wedding. Yeah, and she already forgot it. So sweet. And she honestly even says at one point, why did I do this? I live across from you. Like yeah. she says it out loud, which is really satisfying. Yes. <laughs> and I think it was shortly after I texted you. It was like, why is she doing this? And then immediately she says it. Yes. And we're like, thank you. There we go. Okay. Thank you for being self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes her so charming is you're putting her in these situations where she is a mess, but at least she knows it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I said Grand Romantic Gesture was the last, but how could we leave tropes without talking about no, but the, the montages? So many. And a lot of them are just really quick throwaways. It's a yeah. lot of, here's the guys I previously dated. Here's a quick little montage of us searching for a few before we get to the next one we're going to stop and like have mm-hmm. film time for. Yeah, a flashback montage. Yeah. And there's a few other like really cute ones. Montages of how they were a bad match in the past. Mm-hmm. Then I wrote down there was one like, so she does find the guy who works for a nonprofit and is basically rich and almost his family's Boston royalty and she finds him and they have a nice date it's working like it's not bad but yeah. then there's no chemistry there and so I wrote down bad match montage because uh-huh. it's just a montage of them sitting around one another and not uncomfortable yeah. just not being cute I called it like a sad alley montage sad alley montage because <laughs> she's abandoned her short shorts and her short skirts and she's like in these floor length gowns yeah like like they're having a perfectly lovely time but her hair's all in a bun and this sad music kind of playing underneath it yeah the montage of her finding colin so she can tell him that she made a mistake yeah that was a super fun one and it's all the wrong weddings i wrote wrong wedding montage yes that was so funny including running into the other chris who she's been accidentally stalking the whole movie so funny that was such a great recurring bit oh perfect let's just take a moment then and let's start with the accidentally stalking the other Chris shenanigans yes we'll (laughs) dovetail into shenanigans so Ali is busy cake tasting with her sister Daisy and she spots one of her exes Donald and he actually inspires her to look back at her previous exes because he looks very different to how he did when they were dating and she's like well if he had a glow up maybe some of her other exes has changed. And so she's not even actually bothered with Donald. But the recurring bit in this movie is she's, as Jazz said, accidentally stalking him. Yeah, because immediately (laughs) upon the cake tasting has realized he has a fiance and he's getting married soon too. Yeah. So she's not interested in trying to break that up. She's not like that. And so she's trying to mind her own business and keeps running into him. So then it looks like she's been stalking him. Funny. I think the first instance is when she's tracked down her ex, Martin Freeman. Yes. And he's having an open house. 
So the plan is to go to the open house, but she ends up going into Donald's house. Yeah. And he finds her holding the photograph of him and his fiance. So that's already off to a really bad start. So bad. <laughs> and the open house is literally next door. Yes. And so it's unfortunate. And he's like, what are you doing here? And she's like, the door was open. Instead of just saying, I thought this was the open house. She just makes it so much worse. She does say it though. Oh, does she? She says the door is open. Isn't this the open house? Oh, I missed that. So she does say it, but she says the door was open first, which is not. No, don't lead with that. (laughs) And then I think the second time is when she's off to DC to stalk Anthony Mackie. And she literally is hitting her leg on the pavement because Chris Evans is telling her to do that. And she walks smack into the other crib. (laughs) like what are you doing here in dc yeah very uncomfortable (laughs) and then the final button is when we're in this montage of ali going to look for colin at all these weddings and the wedding that she bursts into is of course (laughs) donald's wedding to his fiance Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's been accidentally stalking this entire movie and so she comes in exactly at the point where it's speak now or forever hold your peace she busts in she's like and he says oh come on and she's just uh bless this marriage (laughs) and like kind of leaves oh goodness (laughs) it was so good So staying on sort of the shenanigan of meeting the exes, which one is your favorite? Or do you have a favorite? Oh, do I have a favorite? Um, Not of the ex specifically, but like of the shenanigans around the ex. Oh, if we're talking shenanigans around the ex, then it's a clear winner. It's got to be Martin Freeman. Same. That's my favorite too. Hands down my favorite. Yeah, I was like, there's no way Jane's <laughs> picking something other than that. That was my favorite and i mean it's honestly it's pandering to a very specific audience which is theater kids so (laughs) it's probably not as funny as some of the other ones for people but it's so funny i'd be interested to hear if you've watched the movie you the listeners if you have a favorite because we may be biased based on being musical theater fans yeah yeah i feel like that's probably part of it but maybe it's a well-known enough reference that it's funny to everyone oh maybe she's so funny she comes back from it and immediately Colin is like ooh so no good and she's like yeah I can't see him again she's like I went to Eliza Doolittle with my accent so apparently she met this guy literally decided that she was going to put on a fake British accent to make him I don't know feel at home no Uh, sorry sorry but the bit is in the flashback Martin Freeman is in this British restaurant and he's like oh I know you may think it a little bit strange that I'm by myself but like I'll do anything to get a taste of home and they zoom in on her face and this is the reason why she puts on a British accent so that she can hook up with him. Right. She wants to make him feel more at home and her response is to put on a fake British accent. The thing that makes it so funny and what wins it over for the best ex for me is that she literally says, yeah, I went to Eliza Doolittle with the fake accent. Yeah. It cuts over and she's had too much to drink. They're playing darts and she goes really cockney and I was like, already that's a funny enough reference. We know Eliza Doolittle... So she's doing a posh British and then all of a sudden it turns into this insane cockney. And so it already sounds ridiculous enough, but then she actually starts doing the song lyrics. (laughs) But singing them, not singing them. Like she literally just says the song lyrics. And I was 
dying. And so she's sitting there and saying, like, far away from the cold night air. Yes. Oh, my God. And I texted Jane with one enormous chair. Yeah. And I texted back with lots of chocolate to eat. I was like, oh, lovely. What tips it over to me for this being the favorite shenanigans with the ex is that Ali reporting it back to Colin and saying, yeah, I went a bit cockney, so I can't see him again. That's funny enough. It could have been left at that. That was hilarious. Yeah. The fact that we see it play out. Yeah. Is just so good. <laughs> so unnecessary, but so necessary at the same time. Just delightful. And they just kept it going and going. I thought it was already funny enough that now she's doing Cockney. That's so funny. And now she's actually doing the My Fair Lady lyrics. And I'm just like, get the, get the fuck out of here. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, you cannot be with this man. You've lied for too long. There's no coming back. Yes. Move on. You cannot marry this man. You're going to maintain this? First of all, what's going to happen when he meets your family yeah. and they will America? What, does he not know where you're born? Like, does he not know that you made up some family history? Was her long game to hire actors to play her family? How are you going to sustain this? It's not sustainable. So she has to just move on. So funny. Yeah, that part has got to be like the best thing ever. And then there was a doctor. So she tries to see if she can find the doctor, which was as far as the shenanigans around it go. My second favorite, I think. Mm -hmm. The actual scene is so uncomfortable Ooh, but boy. also that actor is incredible at that kind of humor yes thomas lennon if you're like i don't know who that is look it up and you'll be like oh i know exactly who that is yeah. oh it's that guy so this guy <laughs> plays a gynecologist she gets on a plane to miami so that she can get thomas to do an exam uh, so she can run into him again such a bad plan already very uncomfortable but then she is like oh my god so and so it's me and he's and like he doesn't uh, remember and he's like from spin class and she's like no he's like um uh the other thing no no and then finally she's like we dated and he's like oh well, anyway, let's go. And he uh, he gets in there and then immediately upon starting the examination is like, oh, Allie. And then smash cut and she's left and she's back in Boston. It was really funny, though. It's such a funny button. <laughs> Mortifying. And then Colin's like, oh, so that one's not going to work. And to make herself feel better about Miami guy not working. At some point, she says, I think too much sun makes people stupid. And I was like, hey, yeah, 100%. As a person who grew up in Arizona, I will have to agree with that statement. <laughs> Except what I like to tell people is I think all of the people in those sunny states are actually suffering from vitamin D poisoning. Oh my goodness. But that's my hot take. Maybe that's specific to North America because we have <laughs> lots of sun and I don't think the general population is stupid. <laughs> Okay, some quicker shenanigans is a recurring theme of Ali's sister Daisy continuously springing surprise guests on Ali for lunch appointments yeah. to get Ali to break uncomfortable news. She's constantly <laughs> using Ali as a buffer. It's so rude it's and so funny. funny. <laughs> and again, once off really funny but the fact that it becomes a recurring bit yeah. and that it pays off right at the end and Ali says to Daisy I'll come with you to tell mom and you don't even need to trick me to do it <laughs> like showing the dynamic yeah. it was very sweet the dynamic also <laughs> includes golden lines such as this is the last time I eat a meal with you ever again yeah <laughs> like, 
was off to the second one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then when she comes in and she sees the extra seating and she's like, oh no, who's the surprise guest this time? And it's so cute. They clearly get along very well and in a very sweet way. Yeah. And they fit that gag in three times in the movie, which is impressive. It is. This movie is tight. Mm. A tight hour 30 is golden. That's what you want. Yeah. I think Jane ended up with an extended version. Mine mm. was an hour and 45. Mine was an hour 47 or so. Okay. So I think I had like a slightly extended one, but like it didn't feel that long. We've had movies that are the same exact length where we were like, mm. they needed to trim it. This felt too long. Yeah. Or there's at least a 20 minute piece where we're like, I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. This movie did not have that. They kept the jokes going. They kept the energy high. Yeah. The visual gags were on point. They never dropped the ball on pacing, which is very impressive. This movie has chock-a-block full of tropes, shenanigans, one-liners, back and forth. It's really a fun romp. And so many of the shenanigans will never be able to explain to you because no. they're visual gags. <laughs> yes. So you just have to watch because it's so funny. Any more shenanigans? I do have to say one of my favorite shenanigans of the whole movie has to be the passive aggressive backhanded compliment mom <laughs> oh that mom elevated my cortisol levels the back and forth yes that actor is really good as well seriously but in the funniest ways <laughs> mm. i didn't write as many as i should have down because they were so damn funny throughout but at one point, just to give you an idea of the kind of back and forths we get throughout the entire damn movie. Uh, so Allie has found the rich trust fund guy at the end and things are going fine. The mother asks, are you going to bring her to your sister's wedding? Oh, and yeah. Allie says, you know, we're taking it slow. That was brutal. And the mother responds, at your age, can you really afford that? <gasps> and it's just those little comments peppered throughout the entire film. Little moments of cruelty, but the writing is very funny. Yes, it is cutting. <laughs> and that actor knows how to do it as well that yeah. in terms of delivery. Because it's not meant to be cruel. It's yes. that kind of overly involved mom. Mm-hmm. The needling. Yeah. I have a couple sort of rapid fire shenanigans. Yeah. Ali sneaking out of bed at the beginning of the movie to <laughs> yeah. make herself look good before climbing back into bed. But then they call it back later and she doesn't have a chance to sneak out and yes. Colin says to her, you look beautiful, but she didn't get to do and she's like really very sweet and then i have when ali's in dc and she's in this library and she coerces oh my god everyone sitting at this table to move the table closer for me so she can be in her ex's sightline that oh my god is like my equivalency of when you get the awkward speeches and you're like filled with shame and embarrassment <laughs> moments where someone is being an absolute try hard and they embarrass the shit out of themselves makes me so uncomfortable <laughs> i get so stressed out i found this so funny because it's just so ridiculous it's so ridiculous though i just really hate it and the fact that everyone is like yeah that seems like a reasonable thing that we're gonna help you do it's just really funny to me (laughs) this is also just like a quick throwaway thing they bring back a lot of things in the movie which is just i like that attention to detail same so in this toast that just goes off the rails when ali's barefoot and everything yeah and she's like at the time i was growing up my bangs i'm always growing up my bangs yes (laughs) it's just so funny (laughs) 
and then she brings it back again at a different point in the movie that I can't remember. And she's just like, yeah, I was growing up my bangs at the time. Yeah. And so she's got like half grown bangs throughout the current events of the movie. And then when they go to flashbacks, her bangs are shorter and more pronounced because they're just like trimmed on purpose. And so it's like she really is always in a state of growing them. So funny. (laughs) If you're growing up your bangs, just put them back or something. Like make a little with the bobby pants you don't need to hide from society it's okay i also really (laughs) loved the silly little gag of the wedding planner at the end saying that the harpist broke her fingers she won't be able to play we're trying to get a harpist in so that's why he has the list of all the other weddings Mm -hmm. and then he says in a pinch i also play the horn (laughs) girl you don't play the horn you play the tuba As a person who plays a brass instrument, ain't nobody ever called a tuba a horn. And that isn't a horn. That's not a horn. I would never say I play the horn and then show up with my trombone. You cannot do that. That's not a horn. It is, but it's not. What was also really funny about this wedding planner is that in that scene, there's rushing around chaos. And I'm like, okay, it's just added flavor, texture, shenanigans with this whole thing about the harpists and the wedding lists. But then they can't find a harpist, so we do hear the tuba being played. They actually play a tuba for the wedding march. Yes. Daisy walks down the aisle to a tuba. <laughs> being played badly, mind you. <laughs> Thank you for that rendition. You're welcome. It's honestly so horrendous and hilarious. So funny. <laughs> If it was any other movie and you're doing a tuba, it's like you're making an insulting joke about somebody's weight. Oh, I don't know why. I didn't even think of it like that. Because the tuba just has this like feeling of heaviness mm. compared to like a trumpet, you know? Yeah. I mean, like that's obviously not the point, but it's just such a silly gag. Again, we didn't need to see that gag pay off. <laughs> we really didn't. <laughs> no. And still they followed through with that gag which was just so funny over and over again little payoffs like that yeah do you have any more shenanigans just like i don't even know the playing horse at the garden was a really fun shenanigan oh yes strip horse strip horse and she only has one piece of clothing but she kicks his butt yes that was ridiculous it's honestly (laughs) such a cute little montage it's the first moment where jane messaged me too and said oh he caught feelings and you really feel it. Yeah. The banter's a little flirtier. Mm-hmm. It's a little lighter. There's a little more depth to the banter because he was making passes at her before. Right. But this felt a little, like he meant it a little more, that there was yeah. emotion behind it and not just like, oh, this is what I do. I'm shooting my shot. And then shortly after that, she shows up at the apartment and he's rewired some stuff so that her creepy little statuette scenes are lit up beautifully. Oh, that was lovely. And they do a really good job throughout the course of the movie, because this happens a lot, mm. where they forget to build the character development between the two so that it makes sense that they want to be together by the end. Yeah. And they really took so much time and energy putting it together like it's a slow progression Mm. that makes sense yeah it's very sweet oh and he plays the guitar for her and then we have a nice callback to that as well because he plays sort of a rock version to once twice three times a lady and then the 
original version is played at the wedding when Ali's dancing with the guy who's perfect but not perfect at all. And it's so sweet. And it's clear that she's thinking about Colin. Like, it's a very sweet callback. Okay, my last shenanigan that I'm going to talk about on mic, there are so many more. There's so many. But it's just like throwaway line with a visual gag is when Ali is busy trying to remember all the guys she slept with and Daisy is talking about their cousin and Ali's like step cousin, step cousin, we're not even related and flips out her book and writes his name down. You're not actually related. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Yeah, girl, you messy. And I'm like, maybe not by blood, but by affiliation. I I, I don't even know what else I could say. I guess we probably are feeling the same way about it, but let's move to the fun fab fan. Fun fab fail. For me, this movie is a solid fun. A solid, no doubt in my mind, very fun fun. A firm fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I would watch this movie again basically right now. Yeah, happily. There's so much in this movie that I'm sure we've missed. Yeah, I think the only reason for me that it's not a fab is because of the time period and it being more of the raunchy style. I'm missing maybe the smallest touch of whimsy. Mm. It's so, so funny, but it doesn't feel magical the way sometimes a rom-com can that makes your heart sing. Yeah. And so since it's missing the heart sing moment, it's just a solid fun. Mm. Not to say that it's not worth watching over and over. No. I think for me as well, I was missing some of the warm fuzzies. Yeah. Like I just needed- More fuzzies. A couple scenes. Not going into cloyingly sweet or overly mushy or anything. Yeah. And- as a product of its time period, they really, for me, messed up the ending where she's with the wrong guy. Mm. The trust fund kid ends up being, for people who understand the reference, it's like a baby Tate mentality. Like It's that toxic male perspective. He thinks she shouldn't have been with anybody aside from him. And he thinks that she's only been with two people. Which is wild. Wild. Considering that when they slept together, they were both in high school. High school. And he thinks... (laughs) That she hasn't been with anyone? This entire time? Are you crazy? Like, number one, red flag. Mind-blowing. Second red flag is that he, after a few weeks of dating, thinks that she is going to come on a six-month tour for his work. Mm -hmm. He says that because, like, you don't need to do your silly little statuettes, right? You can do this some other time. You don't have a job. So come with me. The audacity. And the audacity to say, the only thing holding you here is me, right? Whoa. Hated it. He's really just looking for... A trophy? Yeah. He's looking for his perfect little Stepford wife. Yeah. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. And I think that's the issue that we both had with her. Because he's so charming and it was not necessary. And you could have totally done the thing that they did in Your Place or Mine, where it's like the perfect guy, but not perfect for me. Right. They didn't have Or maybe not even not perfect for me, but not perfect for this moment. Yeah. They didn't have to annihilate this character's character. Yeah. <laughs> if there were underlining tones of it, that's one thing, but it just sort of came mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And honestly, they did enough in the montage where you could clearly see that this wasn't a fit. That while it's perfect on paper, there's mm-hmm. no chemistry. And that somehow is more compelling. Yeah. I've been waiting for this guy all this time. He's so perfect in my mind. He's so perfect in paper, but it doesn't 
feel right. So adding in that toxic crap at the end, that tater tot bullshit, I just, you can't really come back from that for me. And if I watched this again, I would just want to cut out that whole segment. Another reason that makes this movie a fun and not a fab is the fact that we had to think if this movie passed the Bechdel test or not. Right. Even if it does. I don't think it does. The fact that we're thinking about it means that it likely doesn't. We don't do this for most of the movies, like mention the Bechdel test. It doesn't feel relevant in a lot of movies, but for this one, I felt the weight of a lack of anything else going on in her life. And I think it's because we have so many women in this movie and all their scenes revolve around men yeah and that's just really unfortunate because these women are fantastic and i just wish that they had some other scenes as well even just a couple of scenes with the mom and Allie where the mom tells her not to do her weird statues or something in a fun way. Yeah. The mother never references a career. It's just about the men in her life. Yes. The sister doesn't even ask about the career stuff. Yeah. The only comment was, oh, you got fired? And then they move <laughs> on to boys again. There was missed opportunities. They're not even really that bothered that she's unemployed. It's more about like who she bringing to the wedding as a date. You feel the weight of the time period. But it's still a super fun movie yes definitely worth the watch i laughed out loud a bunch chock-a-block with callbacks shenanigans cameos it really is so it's got to be a solid fun highly highly recommend watching it Mm -hmm. and if we missed any cameos let us know because it's so many (laughs) (laughs) all right so that brings us to our favorite segment give me the cheese please give me the cheese please (laughs) yes i'm feeling pretty good about my cheese me too i think it'll be good i took a while to find one but i'm pretty happy with it all right let's do it okay three two Two, one one. novelty shaped craft mac and cheese That's fun. I like it. I'm excited. I like yours too. That's fun. Okay, cool. (laughs) Okay. Why is this segment so good? I don't know why it's so dumb and so fun. I love it. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Okay. So silly. It shouldn't work, but it does. It does. I feel like both of these capture the tone of the film so well. Yes. I think I went second, so I'll go first. Okay. I might be wrong, but I think so. Okay. 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 So, my cheese is novelty-shaped Kraft Mac and Cheese. So specific. It's fabulous. (laughs) But see, here's the reasoning. Okay. So, obviously, this is a deliciously cheesy movie. It is a movie that doesn't try to take itself seriously. The jokes, much like the artificial flavor of the cheese Mm. that you love to eat, it is heavily present. Mm -hmm. And so, this is all artificial. None of this can be realistic. Like, who on earth would make a promise to save their virginity? Mm -hmm. And then like randomly sleep with creepy (laughs) puppet man. You know what I mean? Like these are forced. This is a little bit contrived, much like the artificial flavor of a Kraft Mac and cheese, but we love it. Mm -hmm. It is just delightful. It is quintessentially cheesy. It is so amazing in all the ways I want it to be and empty calories as well. Yes. But I very specifically needed it to be the novelty-shaped one. Mm. I don't care which novelty-shaped one. It could be your favorite cartoon. Maybe it's dino-shaped. I don't care which novelty shape you like the best. But it needed to be novelty-shaped because this movie is also just filled with physical humor. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I can't describe to you the physical humor, much like I can't describe to you the shape of the little pasta shells. But you just have to trust me that it's funny. <laughs> So that's why this is novelty-shaped Kraft mac and cheese. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Delightful. (laughs) Okay, so mine is spicy buffalo cheddar. (laughs) And first of all, with this cheese, like, why? Why? Why did you do this? Like, buffalo wings is a completely different thing. Why are we putting (laughs) buffalo wings flavor with cheddar? Which is, like, what I felt with a lot in this movie. Why is this here? It doesn't need to be here. Why did you force this? But I'm delighted that it is here. Yep. I'm having fun (laughs) that it's here. The same with this. And also with the spicy buffalo cheddar it's a lot of components that you know so cheddar is very familiar buffalo wings is very familiar spicy is very familiar so that's representing all the cameos we have in this movie oh hell yeah and then the spice it's a spicy movie it's not the spiciest (laughs) it is an r-rated rom-com it is and that's what it's serving (laughs) up (laughs) and then lastly i don't know why but this movie feels very american to me and i don't know why precisely but it just feels particularly american and buffalo wings to me is like a particularly quintessential american snack for all these reasons this is why the cheese i've chosen is spicy buffalo cheddar we love that yeah that's good oh thanks (laughs) (laughs) that all makes so much sense i was very pleased when i arrived at it (laughs) i really love that somehow we'll pick different things and have a lot of overlap on the reasoning right it's very interesting yeah i love this segment so much (laughs) that's so funny that we always end up with like kind of a similar (laughs) oh my gosh well everybody there you have it That was our discussion of What's Your Number? Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Any of the many shenanigans we missed? Many. So many. Or what cheese you think this movie is. You can follow us on Instagram at shenanigansensuepod or you can email us at shenanigansensuepod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then... I'm happiest when I'm being myself, and I'm myself when I'm with you. Bye. So I ended up going on IMDb, and you get to choose what your IMDb picture is, and Thomas Lennon has chosen a picture of him holding an owl. Why? Like, why? <laughs> Just because he can. And honestly, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that feels like you. It's very on brand. So on brand. <laughs>